Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, December 26th. Let's jump into the top stories from over the weekend. In updates from Austin. Randy True, the fiancé of Texas headmen's basketball coach Chris Beard, has released a statement, Chris and I are deeply saddened that we have brought negative attention upon our family, friends, and the University of Texas, among others. As Chris' fiancé and biggest supporter, I apologize for the role I played in this unfortunate event. I realize that my frustration, when breaking his glasses, initiated a physical struggle between Chris and myself. Chris did not strangle me, and I told that to law enforcement that evening. Chris has stated that he was acting in self-defense, and I do not refute that. I do not believe Chris was trying to intentionally harm me in any way. It was never my intent to have him arrested or prosecuted. We appreciate everyone's support and prayers during this difficult time. In the state of Texas, notes the athletics Dana O'Neill, only the prosecutor can formally drop charges of domestic assault. Alleged victim can sign an affidavit of non-prosecution. Attorney Darren Heitner writes on the NCAA's Enforcement Division personnel progress, with very little fanfare, the NCAA has recently started to spruce up its Enforcement Division. What specifically caught my eye was the hiring of Craig Marangiello in August, who now serves as the Assistant Director of Enforcement at the NCAA. He has an interesting background. Prior to becoming employed by the NCAA, Marangiello was an FBI executive leader with 20 years of federal experience in cybersecurity, counterintelligence, and strategic communications. Before his latest stint at the FBI, he was a deputy group chief at the CIA. That's all to say that the NCAA hired no slouch. It is hard to believe that the NCAA would retain such an individual and that a person like Marangiello would be interested in the job for no reason at all. While I possess no hard evidence as to whether the NCAA will finally attempt to enforce its NIL rules, which may lead to litigation in response, it seems like the association is gearing up for at least one enforcement action. Otherwise, I would be hard-pressed to understand why it would hire someone with the statute of Marangiello as well as why he would want the position. New Mexico State AD Mario Mocha knows today's bowl game won't turn a profit for the department, but notes, I think there are a ton of ancillary benefits. From a football standpoint, you get another three weeks of practice with the young guys. There is positive publicity for the football program. Playing on ESPN is huge for the school and we are the only college game on that day. It's great exposure for the institution. The players get to play in an NFL stadium and all of that will build momentum and springboard us into Conference USA. According to Las Cruces Sun News' Jason Gross the max revenue NMSU could receive is $417,000, and the estimated final cost of the trip is between $800,000 to $1 million. The NMSU Foundation is underwriting between $200,000 to $250,000, mainly for band and spirit squad travel. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach provides her take on a number of key industry issues, including her perspective on the recent NLRB region ruling, not to throw cold water on this effort, but it's important to acknowledge the multiple steps that would still need to come before that type of massive change. To me, those are the four main pressure points, the NLRB case, Johnson, House, and congressional action. I'm not sure which will reach its conclusion first, or which is most likely to become the domino that changes college sports forever, but it seems likely that at least one of them will be a turning point. The NFL increasingly sees flag football as good for business, according to The Athletic's Daniel Kaplan, who notes the new flag format for the Pro Bowl is one more way to shed light on it. 
NFL EVP for Football Operations Troy Vincent stating, Flag is played by 20 million people in more than 100 countries. This is important to note, this is just not about this investment, the time spent. This is not about being an emerging sport, to participate in the LA 2028, Summer Olympics, Games. This is about changing the way people see and feel about the game of football, and where everyone can experience the values of the game. So this goes far beyond that, this is the future of the sport of football, where everyone can participate and enjoy the values that myself, my colleagues, my children that we learn through the sport. Vincent also notes the NFL has been in constant communication with the NCAA about making female flag football a sanctioned sport, something that has already happened in NAIA. For the past two years, NAIA recruiters have attended a flag showcase hosted by the Atlanta Falcons, and Falcons Director of Community Relations Amanda Dinkle says, We know that if girls grow and develop within the sport of football, they'll become fans. And they'll be more comfortable with their kids playing at a later date. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, December 26th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.